1: all right that's that's all i had that's all i had so so now we go on to our uh our just general discussion of breath of the wild
0: yeah this is relevant actually because uh i've i've reinstalled breath of the wild fairly recently oh okay a couple of weeks back because uh i decided since i started working and playing video games in my office and not in my living room i found in the evenings i tended to get bored so i officially moved my switch from my office to my living room uh-huh. so I can muck around with it in my free time oh sure and first I reinstalled Mario Odyssey and had a great time playing it seriously and not just for review trying to like get all the not stars it's moons in that game isn't it mm-hmm. trying to get all the moons trying to find all the secrets and it was fun and I f- finished playing with a heavy heart and decided I was going to move on to replaying Breath of the Wild which of course is even better for replaying and exploration as was your point point. and you know what I just sort of stopped. Oh, really? I mean, I mean, I was sort of arguing against my real views for the comedy debate because mm-hmm. Breath of the Wild's a great game, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, as I was also exaggerating my real views. Yeah,
0: but I was playing it uh, for a while. I got past the prologue section. The world opened up. Got my first horse, and then I just stopped playing for the day, and I haven't really felt like going back. Hmm. And I wondered why that is. I think one thing I said is true. That the open world can be very overwhelming. Okay, I mean, I was I always find open world RPGs kind of overwhelming. The kind of thing that says you can go in any direction, do whatever
1: you want. But I guess I like to think I'm playing optimally. Sure. So you think that the open world like reduces your ability to like min max? Well, I wouldn't have used that phrase. Well, <laughs> that w- that might
0: have been a little harsh. Absolutely i suppose i just find it i don't know it's intimidating you got there's so many things you can do faced with so many things you can do
1: i find it hard to think of one thing to do but i guess isn't that you know just to be a, a contrarian prick isn't that kind of the point is you just kind of choose a direction and see what you stumble across
0: i must be very like goal oriented when i play games probably from many many years of having to finish a game in a week so i can write a review of it <laughs> sure sure i like to feel like what i'm doing is getting me towards like victory and in fairness that's usually how an open world game works if you're not directly preceding the plot you're doing something that will get you extra experience or extra money that you can spend on an upgrade to make the plot missions go by a little easier mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's the whole point of rather of the wild because you know the whole gimmick of the game is you can go straight to the ending if you want of course but everything you do up to that point in some way prepares
1: you better do you find yourself do you amble in games like do you do you ever in in any game just kind of take time extra time in a level just to poke around see if there's any secrets really like kind of like shove yourself into every nook and cranny or do you just kind of oh i'm supposed to go to point b i'm going to point b
0: Oh, I, I'm i very much an ambler, I think. I want to check every inch of the available space. Mm. If I'm going down a path, having had to choose a path, and I start to think, wait, this looks like the path we're supposed to go in. My usual instinct is to go back and check the other path.
1: <laughs> of course, because there might be something down that other path. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting, but, but after you're on your second replay, you don't find the amble as satisfying. I suppose not.
0: Hmm. I suppose part of it's because I know how it's going to end.
1: Well, I.
0: because I... there's another way I play games is to get the story. Oh, I'm sure. very much narrative focused. Yeah, yeah. As a game reviewer. And, I've, and I was reading a textbook once on why people play games. And everyone plays games for different reasons. Some people play to be the best at something. Some people play to 100%. Mm-hmm. And some people play for story. And I think I'm somewhere around that area in the Venn diagram.
1: Sure, sure. And because there is really no narrative, it's just not enough to hook you again. Uh, I guess not. Now, what about you? Have you played it at all recently? I, I've, I did my second playthrough maybe uh, 10 months to a year ago. At this point and I remember my my second playthrough of Breath of the Wild was so much more better that's proper grammar so much more it was so much more better It was so I, I enjoyed my second playthrough so much more than my first playthrough hmm. And while part of that is my first playthrough uh, was part of uh, a review that Rich and I did for previously recorded so I was kind of playing for work
0: hmm.
1: and my second playthrough was just me farting around where i don't know i guess i did i found myself just really taking my time like choosing a direction that i remember not taking last time like hey what happens if i go this way oh i find new stuff i i did all the extra stuff i got the motorcycle uh, i they also had dlc at that point that they didn't have originally and so i just found my i found myself doing a lot more and finding more things enjoying the world a lot more and part of that i know i i kind of over-exaggerated my thematic replay but part of that was was honest where Mm. the character of link is going back and remembering things and i'm oh hey i've been to this town once before too i remember that oh isn't isn't there like a a little pool if i take a left here and then you go left there and there is a pool haha i remembered (laughs) and that's it might sound silly but you felt more in line with the character that's interesting i did and and i i am a person who i like not only do i enjoy the amble but i enjoy the scenery we uh, as as a family we went on a lot of road trips when i was younger mm. and I, you know, I would spend most of that time just staring out the window and watching the scenery go by, and so I don't. I think that's just the kind of person I am as well. Just I enjoy looking under every Funny rock.
0: How you bring up like feeling like you're part of the main character's experience because I've always felt games benefit a lot from having the character we're controlling or the character, the protagonist we're supposed to be identifying with, having them display emotions that we, the player, are experiencing from the gameplay. Yes. Like one game I really like that I think does this really well is Driver San Francisco, which came out many years ago, mm-hmm. which has a really unique take on uh, open-world driving game where you can where you're a ghost who can possess the driver of any car in the open world. Oh, okay. And it flows really well, you know, because you you drive a car, you smash into a wall, and you're like, oh well. And then, just jump out and possess the guy next to him and get straight <laughs> back on the road and it's fun it's it helps the gameplay flow in a very fun natural feeling way, and after a while, the main character of the story, which and it's a pretty well written story, starts like getting over the weirdness of the fact that he is a ghost who can possess people and starts you know having fun joking around, like messing with people mm. and I felt closer to the character because we were feeling the same emotion <laughs> and it's interesting you bring this up with a game where the main character doesn't really have an emotion
1: right you know it's it's all it's all me projecting onto the character i do think main uh AAA games do overuse the open world thing these days oh oh 100 I, th- I think all you need to do is look at that like mad max game that came out a few years ago yeah and it was just some games do not need an open world it's like a lot of these games
0: are saying hey go out and find your own fun and I'm feeling like, well, you're the game designer why why am I having to why am I having to put the work in here?
1: This is your job.
0: Point me to the fun, asshole.
1: Oh right, well, and you know so many games, even games that I've enjoyed, you know things like um things like Horizon Zero, Dawn which I felt was a fantastic open-world game, but you start to see the copy-paste elements very easily. Mm. Oh, this is the bandit tower. Oh, this is the section where I need to stop the big dinosaur from attacking the people. And I feel like that's the the downfall of a lot of open-world games, is those copy-paste areas.
0: It used to be the case that an open-world was something like your Grand Theft Auto, mm-hmm. where it was just a cathartic sandbox, and when you felt like toning it down, you'd go on a little story mission. And every mission you went on had a story cutscene, and it was part of somebody's arc. But these days, open world seems to mean just lots of the same challenge, copy-pasted a million times, sprinkled across a map. Absolutely. And I think Breath of the Wild does
1: that to an extent, like the uh, the bandit camps and stuff. Sure. Sure, they do have the banded camps, the you know the towers in general. I I'd like to think there's enough variety in there in Breath of the Wild to make it different. Well, grind
0: isn't so much a problem if your core gameplay loop is fun. And I think Breath of the Wild does succeed in making the combat feel impactful and interesting mm-hmm. and improvisational. You can just run into people and attack them with your sword, or you can find a clever thing to do. You can use you can, yeah, use the systems. I like drop a beehive on their head, set fire to something.
1: Yeah, and the physics is kind of open enough where where you can really experiment with goofy ways to do it. Especially like like you said, because you've seen it before, you kind of just want to try something new. But th- uh, that again goes back to making your own fun. <laughs> hmm. Something that was hard for me to argue against was the the weapon fragility.
0: Yeah. It's always tricky. I mean, in theory, it's good because you might end up in a sort of dead rising situation where uh, your weapon suddenly breaks and you're suddenly scrambling for some improvisational solution. You just grab the nearest cash register off the nearest desk and throw it at a zombie. Right, right. that, That makes things interesting. It keeps you on your toes. But then you get situations like Silent Hill Origins where the main character is holding like 900 sticks and 400 miniature TV sets. <laughs> and every time one breaks you just switch to the next.
1: Right. Right. And yeah, I f- I felt like the the weapons broke far too easily. I the one of Of course. Uh I know there there is a Breath of the Wild uh you know, PC hack because there is a Wii U version of it and a Wii U emulator. And there are so many mods out there. I I feel like I would want to replay it, um, a modded version. That just means weapons wouldn't break. I, I would have such a better time if weapons wouldn't break.
0: You know, Nintendo might be well advised to do an official like moddable version. Ooh. They've seen the success of the Mario Maker stuff. Right. I mean, it seems like the sort of thing,
1: sort of like Skyrim, people would really respond to that. Oh yeah, the Skyrim mod market is is its own thing.
0: Yeah, it's insane. It's it's beautiful. If you want to play Skyrim with My Little Ponies and with all the <laughs> dragons replaced with Macho Man Randy Savage, you can do that. You can literally do that. <laughs> and you know what? It's beautiful in its own way. Knowing what I know about Nintendo, that doesn't seem like something they'd like. No. They seem to have this very... They got this sort of protectiveness towards their properties.
1: Yes, they they have spent a lot of time making their toy exactly how they want it, and they don't want you messing with their toy. This is their toy, and they are allowing you to play with their toy, and you should be grateful that they are allowing you to play with their toy. Yeah, that certainly seems to be their attitude. And you know that's fine. It's it's their thing. It's it's their property. They get to do with it what they want to do with it. The. The only thing for me is it, it created a... like Kind of like you said about a, having 800 sticks, it, it created a hoarding sensibility with me mm. where I just wanted to have a million weapons at all times just in case anyone broke, and I might have found a really cool sword that I'd be afraid to use because I didn't want it to break in case I needed it later. Mm. It disincentivized me to find new weapons because i didn't want them to break that's a good point i mean disincentivization
0: to like engage with the core loop i always thought this was a problem with another nintendo game the paper mario sticker star i think it was called okay and color splash as well because how the combat works is that you permanently expend cards from your deck that you collect from going around but uh, this leads to situations where you're disincentivized to enter combat right? because you might uh, have to expend your really valuable cards on your standard enemies. And in an RPG-like game, you should feel like every battle you fight gets you a little bit closer to your victory. It makes you a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And normally they do that by handing out experience points or a little bit of money. And yeah, you're right. There's little incentive to fight uh, random monsters in breath of the wild if you've already got good weapons
1: yes well and you know the it's it's very similar in breath of the wild with kind of their food crafting system which admittedly is adorable but once you find that one dish that gives you a million hearts i want to say it's like you know three durians or whatever you know it's you're you're min maxing the recipes yeah where you just toss three things together and you get that one dish that fills all your hearts and gives you 10 yellow hearts to expend you don't need any more recipes anymore yeah
0: it's gonna be really hard to balance something like that Mm -hmm. i mean you want ideally in a balanced system to have lots of different recipes that have different beneficial effects oh right I guess there aren't enough like health systems in that game.
1: <laughs> no, it's just low health, high health. That's it. Yeah, yeah low health, <laughs> high
0: health, and then there's stamina as well. Right, which is more a traversal thing.
1: Which, by the way, I think more games need to steal from the the Breath of the Wild stamina system. I thought was implemented perfectly and beautifully the the climb anything uh aspect of that game and that stamina bar for everything was so perfect it, i know a lot of people complain about like the rain and keeping an eye on your stamina bar but that was consequences for not preparing for the for the uh, struggle i i always loved that
0: yeah i suppose it's like the combat thing again like The solution we were relying upon has been taken away, so now we have to improvise. (laughs) Yeah. I guess that was the point of the rain. Although in that case, it doesn't work so well because there isn't really another thing you can do to (laughs) climb a wall that you
1: really need to climb. Right, especially if you're like halfway up the wall. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I kind of wish there was a faster way of climbing as well. In what regard? Well, I guess there's like jumping, but that uses your stamina faster. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you're just climbing standard it's a very gradual process it is and i suppose that's to sort of communicate to the player that maybe there are better ways you could be doing this sure but you know that that game might benefit from a grappling hook not handed Ooh, out right from the, right at the start yeah but you know a nice sort of end game yeah yeah kind of yeah, kind of like the
1: motorcycle where it just, it just lets you move around a little bit faster grapple hook that would be cool
0: well that should be is i, I feel to do an open world r- right what you do is you have your story end and after the story end you unlock something in like the in-game store or whatever system you have that will in some way totally break the game but make it really cathartic and fun <laughs> and you char- and for the cost of that item is a million billion coins or experience points right so then that so then that becomes the new story end the organic story end mhm you work your, you you got to work your way through side questing and stuff to make to grind up all the money or experience to buy this one thing and then you just totally break the world and you just piss about
1: because you have earned it and and now you truly are the hero of hyrule who can do anything and go anywhere and you're overpowered but it's okay because the the game is over yeah and the game's over yeah. and then because you've got that
0: ability like maybe it's a jetpack or something you can fly to the highest point of the game and at the top of there there's like a big red button that says blow off everything <laughs> and you press that and the entire world is nuked
1: and then you're ready for your next playthrough And then you wake up in your uh, regenerative tank again. (laughs) That's the New Game Plus button. Yeah. Oh, I like it. That's how sandbox games should work. I like it. Uh, Nintendo, make it happen.
0: Yeah. They are making a sequel, aren't they? They announced it. Ooh, that's true. Although, how sequely a sequel it will be, because it kind of just looked like a DLC kind of sequel to me
1: there there was an interview that where they said like it started its life as a dlc and then they realized it was too big for a dlc right well
0: that's what it looked like just from the video what was that was that two e3s ago wasn't it
1: yeah yeah that was a while ago yeah it kind of seemed like some yeah it definitely did seem like something that would have started as dlc and you know to me it's fine if if it's more in that world i'm down for it i i had such a good time with my couple of playthroughs that give me more Whatever you got. Is it going to be like a whole new world? Is it
0: going to do the Red Dead Redemption 2 thing where it's a whole new sandbox and then at the very end you
1: unlock the sandbox from the previous game that's just attached to it? Ooh. Ooh, I like it. I would assume it would be a very similar world because it's still Hyrule, right? You're always in Hyrule. (laughs) I guess. Hyrule seems to take many forms. That's true. It's like like the Mushroom Kingdom in that respect. (laughs) No, it was all a dream. That's why it looked different. It was all a dream. Uh, any more points to raise? Do we have anything more to say about this? Uh, about about Breath of the Wild in general. Uh, you know, you know what? What's funny that neither of us talked about is uh, is the shrines.
0: Yeah, in retrospect, that <laughs> that was a, actually a negative point from my original review. I probably should have remembered because every shrine's the same. Every shrine's the same at least at least visually
1: yes and uh, i can be with you there like looking back on it it they got repetitive just in the visuals alone
0: yeah and it it was kind of a slog going through the little animations each time going down in the lift Mm -hmm. uh, talking to the
1: Corpse at the end. Though the the visual alone of like the corpse that once you defeat it turns into dust because their purpose is complete is beautiful the first time. Yeah, the first time. And then you <laughs> have to watch it another fifty million times. Yes, and that's that is a bit much. I I liked the decision overall. Like the decision was instead of one linear dungeon we're going to take each little puzzle element of one dungeon and break it up over the land. Yeah. I like it because it means you can't get stuck. I guess,
0: but it feels like, compared to your standard Zelda dungeon setup, it's like having 500 bacon bits instead of a bacon sandwich.
1: (laughs) And which is better, right? Who's to say? Yeah, yeah, who can say
0: Yeah, I always think it's funny. People talk about this game and uh, Doom 2016 as uh, as a, a retro callback games mm-hmm. because they they uh, they're taking things back to the original way these games were designed, with uh, right, without all the cinematic cutscenes and mm-hmm. strict control of the player's movements. But as I was saying, my Doom retrospective video fairly recently, I didn't think they are much like the originals. The uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild is clearly informed by the uh, the history of open world games that have come before it, mm-hmm. especially from the whole unlocking the map with towers thing.
1: Yes, here here's what I will say to that: is I I agree to I agree with you in that the games are not similar to their original counterparts. But what I think that they have done, both Doom 2016 and Breath of the Wild, have taken the feeling we had playing the original and realized it with modern technology.
0: Well, that certainly seems to have been the effect. Everyone says they're
1: calling back to the old games. So they've clearly gotten the feeling they got from the old games. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's that's the important takeaway is when you were playing the original Legend of Zelda back when it first came out, it was new and amazing. Oh my god, I you mean I can go left, right, up or down? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it w- yeah see i never played the original oh sure the nintendo famously botched the release of the nes in europe Uh-oh. so europe was a sega district
1: oh i'm so sorry
0: but uh i think the first elder game i played and really liked was uh wind waker on the gamecube mm-hmm. many years later fantastic game it's a good game
1: and uh quite an open game <laughs> Ooh, very very true and so I guess, like, you know, to, to me, the, the Doom 2016 revitalization and the Breath of the Wild, they're more callbacks. I'm trying to think of a better... Well, that was very much my point from my Doom retrospective video.
0: It's calling back to the past without being much like it. Right. And I guess it's not really a criticism. <laughs> it's just, you know, isn't this interesting how everyone says they're
1: like the old games, but they're not really. It's amazing how feelings can trump facts and logic. Well, quite trumping the operative word there. Oh Oops. crap! We, got, on. we Oops, got off topic again? Call it. Call, call it. it. We're done. Hit, hit the cancel Bye. button. Bye. Thanks
0: for listening. Bye,
1: everyone.